Welcome to the podcast. I'm Francesca de Valence. In this club conversation, I talk with songwriter, musician, author, speaker, and the Australian voice of Siri, Karen Jacobson. Karen shares her revelations around accessing songwriting magic through meditation. She also openly shares about her experience of ageism in the music industry and how her path to self-acceptance has come about through her unapologetic and truth-telling songwriting practice. She also treats us to a live performance. This club conversation is expansive and really next level. I felt so uplifted and inspired, and I feel like you will too. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the Magic of Songwriting podcast with iHeart Songwriting Club. In this podcast, we help you reconnect with and experience the transformation, the joy and the magic of songwriting so that you can become the songwriter you've always dreamed of being. I'm Francesca de Valence and I'll be your guide. Let it go. So, Karen Jacobson, you have quite the illustrious career in my eyes, 10 studio albums, extensive touring around the USA and Australia and probably other countries that I've not known that you've toured in. You're a well-known voice in over a billion devices around the world, the Australian voice of Siri, if people don't know, and an international speaker and so much more. And of course, you're a member of iHeart Songwriting Club and have been for how many songs? Two years. Two years. August 2019. Big welcome to the Magic of Songwriting podcast. So happy to be here. (laughs) It's a bit overdue, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, tell the story. Well, well, there was a pandemic and I left my home of 20 years in New York and moved to the Whitsundays because I figure if you going to leave somewhere special, you go somewhere else special. And that's uh, where we're based. And the lovely Francesca visited the Whit Sundays. And so in the pool in October 2020 on Hamilton Island, she said to me, oh my goodness, I'd love you to be a guest on my podcast. And I said, absolutely. She said, I might come back up in a few weeks or in a little while. (laughs) Here we are. 14 months later. When the timing is perfect. Absolutely. It's all about timing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Not the time, but the timing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, you've had quite the changeable two years. But as I've gotten to know you over the last two years as part of iHeart Songwriting Club, that's where we've really gotten to listen to and experience each other as songwriters and, and as women in this world. Something's become really clear to me that is that you're I want to say on brand, but that is just too specific of a thought. You're always on purpose. You're always on purpose with what you're writing, what you're doing, everything aligns with that. So I would love for you to share in whatever way feels right for you in this moment, what is that to you? What is your purpose? What is your alignment? What are you here to do? Well, I'm here to shine light on the truth. That's what I'm on the planet for and help people see truth for themselves And I love to do that through creative projects, but I also do that just in my daily life. You know, it's, it's a mission, a mission that chose me, not one I chose out of a list. 
And I'm here to share beauty and love in the world and to inspire people to absolutely love their own lives and to find what it is that they love doing the most and to give themselves permission to do that. Mm. And how do you know that it chose you? Like, what was it that tells you? What is it that tells you? Uh, Well, I've done a lot of personal development work and in the process uncovered and got rid of all the things that aren't really me, all those affectations of surviving life and come down to like, okay, what is there? What is left? And at my most, at the core, at my core is an exuberant childlike wonder about the world and a desire to share that with everybody. And when you know that you're connecting with that message or that purpose, what is it like, is there something that you feel within your body or is there some message that tells you you're there? Yeah, everything feels right. And it is how I feel. And I, there have been periods of my life where I'm like, oh, feelings are just feelings. You can't always trust your feelings. And that's true to some extent, but I'm talking about alignment, like being aligned for me is everything feels right. I feel light and there's a flow of energy. Um, This relates to my creative process and writing as well. Mm. But just in everyday life, if something starts to feel hard and isn't flowing, isn't happening easily, there's something to pay attention to. And that's the kind of marker that I pay attention to. It's like even on a very basic level, uh, this trip to Brisbane, I needed to come to Brisbane earlier than I expected. I needed to change my flight and I steeled myself for, you know, an hour of being on hold with the phone, with the airline. And, you know, maybe they'll want $500 to change the ticket. And for this particular occasion, I really needed to change that ticket. I was like, okay, well, it's going to be what it's going to be. And I had the most seamless changing of a ticket experience I've ever had where I got through to somebody really fast and they changed it and there was plenty of room on the plane and they charged me zero dollars, which doesn't happen. Wow. It was just that smooth. Yeah, so that 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 resonates with you and that tells you this is what I'm meant to be doing. I'm on the right track. I'm yeah. on the right track. The other thing for me that has me feel like like it gives me uh, reassurance that I'm on the right track is synchronicity. So it, for me, and I don't think it's the same for everybody of what it feels like or looks like to know that you're on the right track. But for me, when I'm having synchronicitous moments and you know I'll, I'll be thinking about somebody and then they'll reach out to me or there are just many, many ways that that can show up. I feel like, oh, wow, I'm really on the right track. And I find that so much fun. I feel like I'm also almost dancing with the universe and that there are little messages being sent just for me. And I love living like that. That's beautiful. I can actually just see that actually playing out now. I'm sure everyone else can do that too. So how does music play a part and how does songwriting play a part in you living your purpose and allowing yourself to shine and allowing others to? I've been writing songs since I was seven years old. I had a melody pop into my head and it came with words and I knew it was really, really important and I had to figure out a way to write it down. I had no idea how to write it down. Because there was no like iPhones to record on back oh then, Oh my right? gosh, no. Of and a tape deck? Nothing. Oh, okay. I had 
oh, did I have a tape deck when I was seven? I think I had to wish for one uh, after that. But anyway, I, I just figured out how to scroll down a little bit of something, but this was before I'd even had piano lessons. All to say, I've always written songs, like mm-hmm. f- from a very young age, I've written songs. And I consider myself at my core when people say, oh, you do a lot of things, you speak and you write, you know, written books and you play the piano and you, all the, all the different things, you know, what, what is the thing, what is the main thing? Well, at my core and heart of hearts, it's a songwriter. I'm a songwriter. And it isn't the way I've shown up in the world in recent years. So there was a period a few years ago where I stopped the action and went, hang on a minute, what am I here for and why aren't I doing that? What that process in these last few years led to was joining the I Heart Songwriting Club, which has been a revelation in my life. But it's when I'm writing regularly, I feel right with myself. It's like, being in integrity with myself. Mm. So that was missing for a, a long while and I didn't feel good. It was this undertone of feeling bad about myself because it's such an expression of uh, how, how do I even describe it? It's magical. It's a magical expression mm. of the divine. So to me it's a spiritual experience to write a song and to sing. It's it's vast, it's deep, it's otherworldly. How do how do how does one explain yeah. that you can hear a melody or a lyric or have a message? I mean, I, I refer to my songs as music with a message. And I feel like I'm here on the planet in this lifetime to share messages. And they're not ones that I'm sitting down and going, now what message am I going to create today? It's not like that. It's like a message comes through me that is supposed to be heard. And there was a long period of time where I wasn't writing regularly and I was tormented and I was just thinking, what's the point? And I really had to get to this moment of, you know, just asking the question like, why are these songs coming through me? Why are they arriving? And the answer kept coming back because they're supposed to be heard. Mm. So finally I figured out how to do that. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that you've just shared there that I really want to unpack and I feel like one of the things is that a lot of people, before they come to I Heart Songwriting Club, so the club is around practicing songwriting every week by writing a new song and not being attached to what you create and what that opens up is the flow. But a lot of people before they come to the club haven't written many songs in a long time. Well, So they may have written lots of songs before in a period of time when they felt really inspired or they feeling productive and or they actually may be professional songwriters who just don't have a practice, but basically when they join the club, it changes for them. So I'm curious to know more about how you wrote songs before. You know, where was the time that you would write before? When was the time that you would write before? And why were you tormenting yourself? Why didn't you, you know, just in reflection, why weren't you writing songs more often? And what was the stopping point? Just feel free to answer whichever of those questions yeah. feels good to you. Well, i uh, through my 20s, I was figuring out that I was actually allowed to call myself a songwriter and figuring out how do I even record. And then in my 30s, I did a lot of writing and a lot of co-writing and a lot of recording and releasing of music and live shows and did tons of that in my early to mid 30s. And then I had a child. And when after I had Hayden, it was really tough for me 
to manage myself as a full-time parent and a creative person. So there was a, a, a really noticeable gap after that. Was it a time management thing or more than that? Much more. I, I mean, it, I found parenting brutally difficult. I, I, maybe it's just me, but I think in general people are not, out, so. <laughs> they're not out about how unfathomably difficult, difficult challenging. And on, on every level but especially emotionally. Right. And just you're, you're so brand it's a new. Space. It's like a space. It is a space. You're brand new at something that people think you're supposed to be able to be really good at because, oh, it's natural. And you're a total beginner at something. You don't have any handbook and someone's life is at stake. It is like terrifying. Mm. There's an urgency around having to almost, well, maybe not get it right. That's a bit of a yeah. hard word, but you really want to get it right and you're con- committed to getting it right. You don't want to get it wrong. And so the, everything becomes a bit urgent around that, doesn't it? Yeah. There's just so much to that that I felt was it was mm. all-encompassing. And I just I wrote less. My focus was somewhere else and I wrote less. But inspiration would still come. And for me, always, it's when I'm in motion. I, I'm on a plane, I'm walking down the street, I'm driving a car, I'm on a train, anywhere in motion and melodies and lyrics pop into my head. And that was my process before the club. So waiting to go on a train no. and, for the, and for the message to come through? It would, I wasn't really waiting. It, they would just come. Right. And they would come pretty frequently, but the finishing of the songs uh-huh. didn't happen in the same way it does now. So what, how would you finish before? Uh, or would you finish before? Not always. I would, and, and that's a big shift in so, my creative process. So the song, the song comes to you. Let, talk me through how you used to do it. Oh, well, a verse or a chorus would come, mainly a really hooky chorus, and the lyrics and the words, the lyrics and the music together. Mm-hmm. And I'd pull out my little notebook and pencil usually and write them down. And, I mean, now we have voice memo that's different. But even sometimes I was in a public place so I would write them down and then I'd record the melody. And then I would wait until I was back at the piano to finish the song. So it would be in my book or in my one of the places I've got lots of journals (laughs) that I've got about four pages used and... I judged myself for that until I recently went, that's me. I have lots of journals with four pages used. I'm going to be okay with that. That sounds so freeing to go, that's me. Yeah, I'm going to go buy another journal this week and I might just write in four pages. Although I don't. You've just opened up a gateway for so many people listening here with four pages in their journals. I hope so because I... They're going to be writing to you going, thank you for saving my (laughs) self-worth Whatever that word is. It is a bit of self-acceptance, isn't it? Well, it is because, you know, I also want to be responsible financially and in terms of minimalism and like what I've got in my house. And But then I'll go to a shop and I'll see another beautiful journal (laughs) and I'll be like, but that one is beautiful. (laughs) And then I'll stop myself from buying it and that doesn't feel good. So I'm buying all the journals from now on. Um, But, yeah, I would not necessarily finish the song. I would would have a period, there'd be a time later where I would – gee, I've got to get to the piano and then I get to the piano because I prefer to write or I did in in those days at the piano and that was my process. Mm -hmm. So maybe the song would be finished, maybe the song wouldn't be finished and you went with that. So when, you know, you've done 10 studio albums so at some point you decided to bring those songs together. So what was the time period between writing something and then it 
being shared because remember that initial feeling was like I'm I've got to write this song because other people need to listen to it that's that's the purpose for songwriting for you I'm I'm hearing or that's the importance of it in your life or that's the message you get for doing it so w- what was that what did that look like on a timeline there was a period of my life where I was performing live a lot and that was, lead, you know, all of my tw- 20s and my 30s. I would be performing, so I'd be playing out, doing shows, so I would get to try out the new ma- – not try out, perform the new material, sometimes reasonably quickly, mm-hmm. sometimes the same night as yeah. the day I wrote it. You know, there was a lot of that. But in terms of recording, there was a massive lag time. Mm. And I – I mean, that's just – a huge quality of life shift for me now being in the club is that I will write a song and gosh, I'm going to be making like an album a year is what's happening. And I'm actually having a bit of a bit of a personal sadness because I've got more songs. (laughs) Then you know what to do with I know what to do with. (laughs) Then I can record in a year uh, because you know, if I'm writing 52 songs in the club plus the other other writing yeah. projects that I'm doing and only 10 of those babies end up on a on an album, that's a lot of other material. But the producer I'm working with right now says, Karen, that's a really good problem to have. It's okay. It really is. <laughs> it really is though. So, so things have changed now. You're writing more regularly and you've just released your 11th or is it 10th? 10th. 10th studio album, Ready For What I Came Here For. Did I say that correctly? You did. Ready For What I Came Here For. And um, many of the songs that you wrote on that album were written in the club. Now you've been a part of the club for two years and you've just released this album. So some of those songs would have been, you know, before you were in the club because I know not all of them came from the club. They may have been before that time, some of them early in your experience. And also I feel like some of them were later in the process. Did you add in a couple of songs that you would have written in the last six months sort of? Yeah. Yeah, there were songs that I wrote, not very many, but only a few that I'd written pre the club. Then once the I started in the club, I mean, I was just on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm writing songs every week. I'm, I mean, it just, it was like, a, I use the word revelation because it was such an opening, a creative opening for me. And something I have to say is it, I felt like I had permission to write songs that were not very good. And I hadn't ever given myself that permission or wanted that to be the case because I, I, excellence is a really important uh, priority and value to me. Mm. So I don't ever want to sit down and write something that's not very good, mm. but uh, there are periods to write your way through and something I've learned through the club is to actually just write freely as opposed to editing on the go and getting my head into the space that is supposed to or the experience is so much more enjoyable if I allow myself to just go with whatever is there Mm. in a very free way in the writing process. There's plenty of time to change your mind, to edit, to craft, to do make other choices later, but to make a choice, stick to it and finish a song. You're now writing finished songs every week and allowing yourself the space to write songs that are not very good in your words, okay, or you don't like or you know you're not going to use or whatever that is. What did that then open up? Because then there's another layer I mean, I know from doing this for seven and a half years so far, there's more layers that start to open after that. And some of your experiences recently that I've 
you know, heard about how you're bringing in music, that feels really different to perhaps what you were doing two years ago when you were just giving yourself some space to create something that you were okay with it if it wasn't great, you know. So can you talk to what the revelation or like the onion layers that keep revealing themselves or the new, yeah, the new revelations that come from consistently doing this, does it change for you? Oh, yeah, it's changed a lot. I, in the beginning in the club, I, I, I could feel myself letting the songs be what the songs wanted to be for one, one of another description. And I am a piano player and I'm, I'm a really, I can be quite a, a piano motify piano player. And I'd listened to a lot of opinions over a lot of years in the music business about what was hot, what was selling, what was, what was on trend. And I really got myself into a not healthy state as a result of that. And I was, I was self-editing in a way that wasn't useful, really. And because if you're pretending to be something that you're not or shaping yourself to be something that you're not or something that is to please others rather than the authentic expression of what you really are expressing and what you're there for, there's going to be a lack of honesty, really. Mm. So I I found that in the space of the club, I was able to write honestly. And that then included like these really flowery piano motifs that would come back. And I just kind of let that part of myself flow. And I was scared. I was a bit nervous and, and of how that would be received by the other people in my group. But I was just repeatedly surprised and delighted to have all kinds of reactions to that all of them positive. I don't think anyone's ever said anything negative about my piano theme motifs. And um, and then, you know, I, I have a fear that I'm going to be writing in a cheesy way and I'm really melodic in my approach. And I just, you know, have that fear that I'm, it's going to just not be cool. And again, I feel really encouraged that with the feedback I've received, but I'm allowing the, the writing to be what the writing is and not self-edit so much. So you asked how it had changed. So that was in the early part, in the early months, and it was just like so exciting to just write and then upload and listen to other writers and I'm I'm still excited by that, but there was just, it was just an amazing new world for me. And then at some point in the first year, I have a meditation practice and I meditate in the morning and the afternoon every day and one day during my meditation, I noticed a melody come coming through and the form of meditation I've studied is transcendental meditation. And the idea when you meditate is you let everything else go and you actually sit still and you meditate. And you don't, you know, if you have thoughts come, you let it go. Well, I thought that also should apply to if you have a new song trying to be written, you let that go too, because truly the mind and the ego will do anything to get out of meditating. <laughs> but so that it happened quite a few times and I'd just been like, nope, no, thank you. I'm <laughs> meditating right now. And then one day the idea was really, really strong. And I was like, oh. so I picked up my phone and I pressed voice member and I just sang the melody into the phone with my eyes closed still in my meditation until I'd got it all down. And then I put, put that down and kept, kept going for the rest of the 20 minute meditation. And afterward, I took that to the piano and found that that melodic song structure was just, it was saying to me, it was like to me, I really needed to honour that whole melodic 
form that had come through. It just felt really strong mm-hmm. and important to keep it how it was. It was just natural to keep it how it was and set, set words to it. So that has actually grown to become a very big part of my songwriting practice and for a long period of time it hasn't happened in a oh yeah it actually did this morning I just remember it hadn't happened in a while and then this morning I had this whole melodic idea and so I just stopped and sang it in and then later I'll take it to the piano and and write the song. That's a very unique process I've I've not heard of people using meditation as almost like it's almost like your um your chosen muscle to to flex, for want of a better word at the moment, or the, the chosen gateway that the songs are coming through at the moment, whether that's chosen or it chose you, who knows. But um, I think that's really exciting because what I often hear from songwriters is I've got enough songs to make an album, I'll stop writing. <laughs> right? And, and I see it all the time. I see it in the club actually. People write for 20 weeks at a time and they've got 20 songs and they'll choose five and make an EP and that's, you know, that's... You're probably going to get five decent songs, but you probably get much stronger ones if you keep writing. But I think it's the what opens up when you keep writing, what opens up, what changes when you keep going. And I think it's things like this where you you have access to like the ethers essentially and you're, you're, you're an open uh, receptor for receiving from, you know, the highest and best sources of course and you're bringing that down and making that a tangible reality through song. And I think that's very, very, very powerful. And when you're coming back to what your purpose is, which is to shine a light for yourself and for others, like that's going to come through in that space. Like well, there's messages trans- from God. Well, there's right? transmission in that. There is just, there has to be transmission in that. And it resonates and, and it feels that way. And I, I have songs I've written in the last, I, I'm, I'm now recording my next album and I'm, just finishing up song four of the next record. And I, as I'm thinking about, and yes, lying awake at night thinking about, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I'm like, and then what about that other song and that song? And what about the lyrics in that song? And I I just, I'm so loving and obsessed with it, you know? Yeah. Um, But I also don't want to control it too much. I want to allow it to evolve how this record's going to be. But the songs vying for spots on the album uh, it's very interesting because at one point I said, oh, maybe I'm going to write a, like a med- meditative kind of album because some of my topics have started to become really very very spiritual and very connected. And I that that won't be happening at, down the track. Some m- Many of those songs I'm making it onto this next album because wow. it's just the way it feels. Once, once the idea comes, sometimes there's enough – feeling that backs that to want you to take inspired action. So the idea is the inspiration and then the feeling comes with that and then you're inspired to take action because feeling creates action, right? So I think that once the idea comes, it's not like it used to be. And I'm saying used to be like five years ago where you would have an idea and you go, oh, maybe one day I'll do it. It's like when you get into that flow state, yeah. then the rest of it arrives. You get the downloads. They keep coming to you. You know that you're on track because you're getting that feeling of alignment. You know, I just think it's I mean, I'm going to use the word magical. I mean, the whole podcast is called <laughs> The Magic of Songwriting because I think songwriting is magic and I think it gives us access to so much more than our human bodies. Oh, yeah. Tell me tell me more about what you feel the phrase The Magic of Songwriting is if you haven't yet captured all of what you believe that is. Well, I think it connects us to the divine. What's that to you? 
Oh gosh, what that is to me is I mean I it's my belief that we we all have a soul. Mm-hmm. And there is a, um, a body of or a pool of universal energy and soul energy and we choose or we are chosen to come down and have a human experience and at the end of our human experience, our soul leaves the temple of our own body and, and goes back to the collective. Yeah. That's my belief. And where songwriting comes is from, to me, is it's, it's part of that beautiful pool of um, vast love and connection. And so it's a connection or a channel to that. Mm. I often talk about, you know, when you start writing every week, then you start turning that, you start connecting to that flow. And then when you keep doing it, I feel like, well, I would say for me, and it sounds like quite similarly for you, but confirm if I'm wrong and what have you, you just live in flow. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's a state of being. It's how I live. It's just who I am. I'm only here in this moment doing this thing and delivering the next thought that comes to mind and and I respond based on inspired, I take inspired action. You know, it's yes. constantly like that. Do you feel that the writing process, the regular writing process, opening you up to that sort of meditative channel, the connection to the divine, do you feel like this is changing how quickly you can access that in other circumstances? Definitely. Definitely. And for me, the regular meditation is a key partner to my songwriting. Yes, it's obvious in an obvious way that I'm writing in my meditations now, but even before I was, it, it's an, the timing is very interesting because I studied this uh, school of meditation the same month I started in the club. Mm. And in fact, uh, that was the year that in March of that year in 2019, where I, I realized I was just not on track and I stopped the action with everything. I mean, I stopped doing, going to networking meetings and making client calls. Like I would just stopped the action and I would literally wake up in the morning and do what I knew felt, felt right that day. I was on a quest to just feel good and figure out how am I supposed to spend my time in, in this life? you know, and to live my purpose. Like, what was it? You know, I really needed to get very clear. And I spent several months just, it was really, really uncomfortable being in a nothingness. And what ended up happening is by that summer, that US summer in about June, what came to me was, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do this meditation course. And around that same time, it was like, I'm going to join that songwriter club. And I did both of those happened in August of 2019, and to me, it's very connected that that happened. I mean, you just talked about feeling quite lost, stuck. You know, I'm paraphrasing words of how you felt before you before that August rolled around. So, w- would you recall, like maybe that connection to the divine, all those messages that came through, all those song ideas that came through, were they lessened then, or I mean, yeah, was there was there sort of like a you didn't know how you were connected to something more than this? Like what? how is that related to this sort of overflowing, abundant divine connection that you have now and did you have any of that then? I was really frustrated that I wasn't writing songs and recording them and performing all the time because that's what I felt pulled to do. Pulled to do and I couldn't figure out how to do that Yeah, and make a living. Yeah. I couldn't figure out how I was going to do that and especially when there was so much messaging around to me that what's a 50-year-old woman 
who, you know, society doesn't celebrate as frequently artists in their 50s as they do artists in who are 15. And so I was like, well, who's going to listen to that music and where's the pathway? You know, really what's the point? I was stuck in what's the point. Mm. Mm. In this season of The Magic of Songwriting, the very first episode is around why songwriting is important. And I think it's such an overlooked question. Um, And I think once we get clarity on that, it really is the foundation that everything can take action from. Because if you weren't, if you didn't have clarity on how it makes you feel, on what it gives you, on that it can reveal more about yourself, that it can connect you to something more than yourself, then if you didn't have clarity on those things, then really what is the point? But it sounds also like there's a bunch of things that you mentioned today, which I wonder if this might relate for a few listeners, is that there are a lot of external reference points that you were that you were looking to to be a guide. So whether what the industry thought was hot um, and whatever the other word was or – On trend. On trend and what, what people think about um, the idea of a 50-year-old songwriter releasing music – um, and then what people might think of motif piano ideas or piano motive ideas. To me, it sounds like you've become more solidly or more assuredly your own reference point. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And that is, to me, that's very exciting because that's freedom. Mm-hmm. That's no longer tying yourself to or binding yourself to what other people think. Oh, and waiting for approval <laughs> <laughs> from others. But really it is, it is so freeing to know that I write because I must and it's how I process what's happening in the world, in my own world as well, but I feel right with myself when I write regularly, when I'm writing weekly. Mm. And there's no other reason is needed. Yeah. Does that have a flow-on effect in other parts of your life, you you, you know, husband and child and family and, you know, is there anything that you feel like would be that you could share about how that's had a flow-on effect? Well, that if I'm – if I'm feeling off and I notice that I'm a bit late with the previous week's song and I'm like I just haven't got – haven't made the time to prioritise the writing, the priority went down the, the list, it shows, mm. you know, it shows in my general well-being. Right. Oh, so it's not, okay, so it's because it came down the priority list. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say that your family and your husband and your son would come pretty high in the priority That's list. That's right. So where does, so song you would think that songwriting is not a super high like just let's just generalize this songwriting is not a super high priority not like you know making sure that I make time for my for my kid and and my partner and yeah. and paying the bills right they're quite high priorities but when it affects how you feel but we're now talking wellness aren't we I was leading the retreat on <laughs> <laughs> on this yeah. I would be saying to the person you know saying what I'm saying and saying oh your number one priority in your life is to have that writing time every week. Yeah. And in fact, I I I teach it, I know it. Self-care and is is actually the number one priority for anybody. Everybody, even if you have 
whatever other commitments you have, it is your number one commitment because that's the, that's the way you get to be your best with everybody. I am so pleased that we've talked about this. That was definitely just a beautiful flow of conversation that led here. But to me, that that's really the quite the kicker for me around songwriting is the wellness, the abundance of wellness that I feel compared to before I had this practice. Right. And the momentum of seven and a half years of that. Mm. Like, you know, we talked about the momentum of being in flow every week and then eventually realizing I'm in flow all the time. It's not, it's the same. It's like, I'm, I feel well, I feel good. And then I'm like, I think some people don't believe that I'm genuinely like this all of the time. And I am. It's because I've set up activities in my life that self-care is the priority. Yes. The priority. That's it. Nothing else. It's a quality of life conversation. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so so meditation and songwriting, that's very high on the list for you. Is there other things like walking, exercising? What are your self-care things? Playing ping pong. (laughs) Or pickleball. I just find them fun. I'm not playing to win. I'm playing to have a hit and I just find that really fun. And so you make time for that too. I do. And can you imagine, like, I know that my parents would have, you know, said, you know, go and do the important things, not faffing about playing ping pong or something like that. I'm just, I'm just making up a, an example of a conversation that can happen. But the wellness and the quality of life that comes from doing some of those things, actually, it's, it's a necessity. So, you know, when when people are partners, kids, whatever you see it, are, are having that time to play a sport, play a video game, play their guitar, it's an outlet but it's also a connection to self and a chosen way of release and the endorphins and all of the beautiful chemicals that come from that allows us to be more joyful. Yeah. Right. And that needs to be a part of everyone's week. And so, you know, we've got people that do the nine to five job and, you know, neither of us really do that because we work for ourselves and we create our own schedules and all the rest. But there are people that, you know, catch the train to work and they're, you know, on their phones and then they go to work and they work these long days and then they come home at night and they've got the the family responsibilities. Where is the time for them to play their guitar and write their song? And where is the time for them to play ping pong? And it really needs to be a priority. We can't just be, there's a song that I wrote. I don't know if I remember the lyric, but let me just say like, um, oh, we're clocking up a nine to five death row. Yeah. That's a lyric I wrote in one of my songs. I'm just trying to, it's just coming back to it, but it's like, it feels like a lot of people are clocking at that nine to five death row, you know, how can we make space for the things that allow us to be well, even if to others that looks like Selfish. I know. So selfish. Or not just selfish but just not important. Yeah. Well, and and I think I've certainly had periods in my life and still have periods where it's like where am I going to find that time? And it can take tremendous energy when you're in that kind of uh, spot where it doesn't seem like the time exists but I just want to encourage anyone listening, it's just small pockets of time. It's tiny mm. pockets of time. It's being on the train and, yes, scro- scrolling on the phone is the best fun ever except maybe if you just take a little book and just just write, mm. just write some stream of consciousness just to get into the habit of that even for five minutes of the ride every day. And those things are really easy to think of when you're not in that situation and and aren't around the the kind of energy that might shut that down 
but it is about truly digging deep and looking at why am I going to write? Why am I a songwriter? What do I love about that? And prioritising it and making your quality of life the most important thing. So everyone go and pack a notepad and pen and pop it in your bag. Yes. And when you sit down in the train, don't pull out your phone, pull out the notepad and pen. And you might find that you set a time limit of five minutes, but you realise, actually, I'm just in flow now. I just want to keep writing. Yep. And that might be what it takes is just be armed with that little bit of equipment that you might want. And of course, doing it on the phone is possible, but then when the notification comes oh, through, no. the distractions all come, right? I'm sure the the phone before I was in the club got in my way big time of my writing because mm. it's just so convenient and mm-hmm. so fantastic to be connected with people all over the world all the time. And mm-hmm. what if I miss something? But it's the level of self-discipline it takes to not just carry it along with that. Is It really takes something. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really think that it's just that being consistent in a small way and if it just starts on the train, then that's just uh, you putting you back in your life. And b- breaking it down to something so small that you're like, of course I can do that. It would be pretty, pretty crazy if I couldn't do that. Like w- with the structure with the club, one hour a week. If I couldn't find one hour a week to do the thing that I love the most, you know, that I'm here on the planet for, there is something seriously wrong. Mm-hmm. And in the weeks where I don't find that hour, I have to practice not judging myself. And I know that I'll catch up because I do. I traditionally catch up. I try not to get behind, but sometimes I am. And I'm making choices rather than being a victim of my schedule and framing it that way. But really, if you can't find five minutes on a one-hour train trip to pull out the, the book and write something, are you really serious about writing? Yeah, I think it's a pretty amazing question to ask and one that people who are saying I don't have time to write really want to be asking themselves so they can get clear on and the it, what's the point so we can move past the what's the point to actually doing the thing that you want to be doing. That's right. And it's okay to say, no, it's not that important to me. Absolutely. It's actually totally fine. And freeing. And imagine the, the space that opens up as a result. For something else. No kidding. And possibly even songwriting. Because, right. right, you know, it's like you might be telling yourself and building up all this energy and realising it's not important and then they're just the flow opens, you yeah. know, the floodgates open, but with no expectation and no attachment. That's a part in the club that's been excellent. It's yeah. like I don't have to write a masterpiece every week. Now I notice in myself the pressure to do that, but, you know, eventually I get over myself and write something so I've darn well written something and can move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, but it is it is an incredible discipline to have that framework. Mm. I've got a couple more questions and then I'd love to hear a song, please. So you've talked about experiencing your versions of connection and flow with songwriting, connection with magic of songwriting, as a witness to other people's process. How have you noticed magic in that world as well? So every week you're listening to, you know, approximately 10 songs that are created in that one-hour process to the same theme that everyone's writing to and you're witnessing other people's journey as well. Is there anything that you take from that or you've witnessed as a part of that journey that has been insightful for you? I'm sure there are about 300 things I could say. (laughs) I think it's really a privilege to be able to have a a portal into the creative process of other writers. And it's, it's actually an intimate privilege to have that 
opportunity. And it is, it's interesting to hear how people, how other writers approach their writing, what their blocks might be. Um, you know, somebody might say, you know, this is very unusual for me to, to write a whole song and finish it. And, you know, I'm new to this. And it just, I, it brings back certainly memories for myself of times where I've had a, a huge crisis in confidence and um, I just, my heart goes out to somebody when they'll, they'll say something like that. There are times where I'm, I'm hearing the recordings of songs written in an hour, then, you know, beautifully programmed or produced with loops and instruments. And like to my, to my ear, they could be released and I'm blown away. That's not something that I've experimented and explored too much with myself, but it's really inspiring to hear hear that and to hear different approaches, somebody writing to this loop or that, you know, sound. And I've done a little bit of that along the way, but yeah, the variety of approaches is always, it's inspiring. Yeah. And I suppose that then opens the options up. Like when you're in your own you know, you're back on the train pre I Heart Songwriting Club days and the idea came through, you you, re- you wrote it down and then you went home and you put it on your piano and you maybe played it at a show that night. You didn't get to hear what other people wrote that day. No. And so it sort of opens up. There's a, you know, for me I would say there's like a I'm not in an, I'm not in an alone sort of feeling, but it's it's bigger than that. It's like, oh, that's a cool idea. Not that I'm, you know, not not that we're taking anyone's ideas, but that's a cool way of looking at it. And and that then teaches me something about how I've received that. Like even even listening and, and having a re- response to something mm-hmm. and then noticing what that is in within you. Like, I don't really know where I'm going with that, but it's just, it's it's so variable. It's so variable. And I always, I, it's like going into a candy store and going, what am I going to experience? Yeah. It's like, or, or what do you call one of those theme parks? Yeah. It's like, what am I going to experience? It's an adventure. It is an adventure. That's what I mean. It's yeah. like you could have gut reactions to things that make you cry. You could be so inspired. You try something different. You could um, want to get in touch with that person and do some co-writing or like it's going to be an adventure, right? I feel like being a part of this collective is it's not just a group of people who are all doing the same thing working together or helping each other being part of an energetic creative collective it feels really big and vast energetically and even if all of the writers were just in my the state that i live in which i know they're not they're all around the world it just feels big mm. big in an exciting way mm. i reckon that's the creative energy. I do too. Yeah. Like creative energy is quite expansive. I mean, I think that's just the word for it for me. It's expansive and connection to all. Like where can we truly say that about other things in our world? Mm -hmm. Where can we say, maybe the ocean. Yeah. Maybe the ocean is, and and the night sky. It's truly expansive and connection to all. I can say that about songwriting. The creative space. Yeah. The creative space, whatever that creative outlet is for everybody. Could you share a little bit about a song that you wrote in the club and, you know, maybe it was a magical experience, maybe it was a challenging experience of of um, a song being birthed, for want of a better word? Ah, oh, let me think. And then if you're open to playing it, we'd love to hear Oh, of it. course. I'm a showgirl. I can't help it. <laughs> I, w- I would love to. Thank you for asking. Well, there was, feels like it was like a rainy Sunday afternoon and I was 
a little behind in the club. So I had two songs to write that week. And it was Sunday, which meant the week time was ticking by. And I had the beginning of a song that came during a meditation. And so I sat actually with my journal and wrote the song in the bedroom because my husband and my son were in the living room. I think they may have been watching a movie or something. And I wasn't at the piano is the point. And I finished writing that song and I was really happy with it. And I remember it was called Leo Rising. And then I started to watch, um, thought, okay, well, I'll watch this um, documentary. And it's a Taylor Swift documentary about her, gosh, just so, I, I think it might be called Miss Americana, but it was about her life in the music business and just, oh, how do I even describe that movie? But it's it, it was just so many uncoverings about what she was expected to do, how she was being treated, the pressure she was putting on herself, the pressure others put on her, eating disorders, like very intense and very deeply to me interesting movie. And she got to this part in the movie and she was talking about, you know, will will the world let me be continue to be successful and will the world continue, you know, will my fans continue to want to see me succeed and will how many more albums will that be allowed to, will the world allow that to happen with? It was really very interesting. And somewhere in all of that, I just was like, oh my God, my own relationship with approval and others approving of me just came, you know, up for me. And I stopped the movie and this whole song was there. And Mm. I sat still in my bedroom with my journal and wrote the second song (laughs) on the same afternoon called Approval, which has ended up being uh, on my latest album. And it was such a healing experience for me to write that song and to realise I truly, as much as we all love to be loved and liked, and of course I'd love tonnes of people to love my songs and be touched by my songs and all of that, I just, it just was a really healing song in terms of my relationship with the music business and that I really don't need the approval of uh, the infrastructure out there to say whether or not I am a songwriter and how well I'm doing at that. And Mm. in fact, my relationship with myself and my writing is the most important thing. And I found that it was just such a freeing experience to write that song. I find that, you know, listening to you speak, I mean, I, I am very grateful that I am already very familiar with your music, but I'm just so in alignment with what you're saying that no doubt I'm going to be in alignment with what you're writing. Do you know what I mean? I feel like this is an opportunity unprecedented for artists to have those direct ways of speaking the truth, which is we're coming all the way back to what you said right at the beginning, speaking the truth about who you are and sharing that through song. And if people are aligning with what it is that you're saying now, I know that they're going to align with the message in your music. Mm. So before it was just access to the songs and the song's success well, maybe not before it was, that's not quite right. But what I think I want to say is now it's really about the relationships that we can have with the people that love our music and the opportunity for people to really get to know us as songwriters and artists and hear our truth and hear what is meaningful to us. And because then when it, to me, when it aligns, then the creative output that we create, of course, is going to align. And to me, that's 
we are leading with ourselves Mm. and the songs are just one of the ways that we share that with the world. There was a very long period of time where pretense was the game, Mm. you know, making it seem a certain way or look a certain way and sound a certain way. Um, It was almost... I don't know if – I'm not trying to belittle it by saying it was manipulative, but there was a, an element of that to try and – Marketing. Create <laughs> a, a world around an artist um, that may not have very much truth to it. Mm-hmm. And – It's called branding and marketing. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's – but you can do that in an authentic way. True. And that's what I'm up to. That's what you're up to. But it's not always the way. And I feel I feel pretty darn relieved to be able to just have my my mm. flowery piano motifs and my very melodic songs and and my you know, my insights and my music with a message and this is this is this is who I am. This is what I am here to share. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. I'm going to love listening back to this one. <laughs> well, I, I think it's also it can, it is a, such a process and it's taken me so much angst to work through so much angst to be able to be I am a 52-year-old singer-songwriter with, in a genre that it doesn't seem like anyone else is in, um, in an age group it doesn't seem like anyone else is in, and that's okay. When I watched your incredible music video for Ready for What I Came Here For, you are a shining light. Yes, you're 52 years old. Or were you 51 when you made that I video? was 52. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were 52-year-old, shining, beautiful, authentic self, showing all that you are in that. And to me, I felt chills and I had a little tear in my eye thinking, you know, I'm, I've got somebody that is walking a similar path to me and is not afraid to share their age and show that face on a music video. That says a lot. That says a lot about being courageous despite the industry, but that's, that's, that's the lowest level of that. You know, that's the lowest level of that. To me, it's, it's truth. Mm. It's, it's connection with your true self and letting it shine. Yeah. Regardless of where you are in your life. I mean, Imagine that you have reached 50 and, re- and have a belief that you can't create music oh. because what you're writing now is incredible. It's my best work. It's your best work. So he- here you are. I feel like you're just starting a new part of your career. I sure am. <laughs> and if you had a belief that you couldn't do that, so you're showing people literally by your face and your voice and this message and all of the work that you're doing, you're showing people the way to mm. shine. And that feels very full, mm. you know, and very um, whole. That's the word that I was trying to find. You know, it's a very whole way of looking at this and I and approaching life. And is there anything more than that? Not for me. Yeah. I mean, I just, I also got really clear that I'm not trying to get somewhere. I'm interested in expressing something yeah. and connecting. And being. And being and and providing something. And I am not saying <laughs> that I don't want yeah. any of the things that one thinks of when they think of a successful artist. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that I feel my level of satisfaction is immense 
just from the doing and the creating and the expressing and the connecting. And I am connecting with people and they are connecting with me. And, you know, it's that it's a beautiful thing when you hear that a message in one of your songs opened something up for somebody, um, helped comfort them, inspired them to do something. I mean, isn't that priceless? That's impact. Yeah, well, it is. And I'm interested in impact. Yes. That's the game. Yeah, and I often tell, you know, the songwriters that I mentor or that we mentor in iHeart Songwriting Club about this, it's like what sort of impact do you want to have? And they're like, I want to be on all these playlists. And I'm like, okay, all right, I understand that's a goal. What impact do you want to have? Oh, I want people to be feel healed by my music or I want them to feel under, okay, so how many people does that need to happen to? Oh, oh really, like one? That's impact. Mm. Now I know we, we've got a different um, – We've, we've been shown versions of what success looks like and I think what you've just shared there is like you can redefine what that is and create what helps you feel so overjoyed and fulfilled and there is at that point there really maybe is nothing more except more of that, right? you know, um, but it is about impact and I think when you get to that point where you're I'm, cho- I'm choosing to do this because it's my priority, it's my love, it's my truth, it's how I shine in the world no one else is my reference point, I am my only reference point, this is who I am, then it's kind of like no holds bar, let me, I'm liberated. I am liberated. I have creative projects happening in the next few years that blow my mind and I, to the point where, you know, I thought it was, okay, total heaven, total hit the jackpot that I'm going to make an album every year for the rest of my life and that was like the ultimate, right? And now... There's more showing up for me that is just so out of the blue, unexpected and so exciting on top of that to the point where now the next record I think I'm going to release by June because of something else. And I'm like, isn't that a bit greedy? Really? Releasing more than one album in in a 12-month period? And you know what? I'm going to do it. I love that you ask it, but then you know what the answer to that question is. Like that's the most ridiculous question. Yeah. And, of course, you're going to do it. I'm going to keep doing it. And when you said, you know, the potential of paving the way, that that just totally resonates mm. because we know there are people listening right now who have probably got a dream or an idea or something that they really want to accomplish and they haven't let themselves start or they haven't let themselves complete and – I mean, I'm, I love to say it is never too late to recalculate. It is never too late. It is never too late. I'm 52 releasing albums. Come on, it's never too late. Absolutely never too late. And the thing is that if you leave a, a, an impact or a mark, have a ripple effect on one person, 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, that's not the industry's version of success. But gosh, that is going to make such an impact in your life for those thousand people to be changed and then the flow and effect that that has in the world. And, you know, those thousand people might become your super fans and, you know, maybe then it starts making an impact in your life in another way as well. So we never know. We never know where this goes. But if you're being true to yourself and aligned with that message and your truth, then I feel like it's only going to be amazing things. Agreed. And art Let's remember art is an expression and a reflection of humanity and the human collective. It's it's personal, but it's also a reflection of the times and the collective and the energetic space we're we're all in. So what we each represent 
as an artist for our own communities is truly beyond what we can fathom. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything that you wanted to share that I may have missed? I feel like that's just been a, such an amazing conversation. I'm, I've had a lot of aspects to my work life and my career and lived in the United States for 20 years and now back in Australia. And I certainly don't want it to sound like I was, I'm somebody who's frequently lost in my life. But in terms of my creative self, uh, the opening I've had in the last f- few years is now that I feel fully connected to and expressing my creative self in a way, uh, it, it, the word you used is great, it's, it's whole, it's really complete and whole and coming from that place makes the rest of my life just gloriously enjoyable. Beautiful. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that? (laughs) So Karen Jacobson, you've hinted at a song that you wrote about approval and not waiting for approval and Taylor Swift. Can we hear this song? Yes, yes, you can. Do you remember the the theme that week in the club? I don't remember the theme that week in the club. (laughs) (laughs) So um, with your permission, are you happy for me to have a little look at what what theme we wrote in the club? Oh, yes. Okay, so... I'm just taking a look now. Oh, I can see you wrote it to the theme influence. Now, it's, it'd be interesting to look at. I'm just clicking in my computer here. What? Um, okay, so the guideline was to write a, a grab a book from the shelf or watch a movie or documentary, same thing, and just be inspired by it in some ways. So, um, And the theme influence was actually the random word I chose from the first book that I grabbed from my shelf. So every week in the club for the listeners, um, I set a theme and the, hi- the whole club, even though you're in your own groups of approximately 10 songwriters, the entire club, and that could be hundreds, thousands of songwriters, is writing to that same theme in an hour. And that theme is always different every week. And that week that Karen wrote this song that you're about to hear was written to the theme of influence and the very idea of that was something that I grabbed from a book too. But Karen, um, can I read what you submitted that week? Yes, I hope there's nothing embarrassing in it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out. So when you submit a song to the club, you can write a little preamble or as one of our song members likes to call it, a song splanation. Oh, I do love that. I know. I think oh, we that's... just need to make it a word now. Yeah, we do. Song splanation. Yep. Thanks, Simon Shapiro. So bit of a – this is what you wrote, quote, Karen Jacobson, bit of a back-to-back day. I didn't plan on writing this song. I was watching the Taylor Swift documentary this afternoon and this song poured out. I was really inspired by her transparency, her courage to stand up for herself against the machine and society. This is a way I felt so much of my life, waiting and yearning for approval. My new record is coming out soon and I feel so free and so unattached. It is glorious. Oh, I just need to say it like that. (laughs) I'm making the record I want to make and many of the songs were written in the club. Each week when I submit a song in the club, I like to think I will have positive feedback, but I'm in another realm in terms of needing approval to write songs. Wow. The celebration is writing at all. It really is. This group has been so immensely encouraging and means that I am writing what I want to write. The freedom is wow. This might be <laughs> this might be throwaway. This is what you wrote. Might be a throwaway. It's on the album. What was I thinking? <laughs> See, I think every week I think that. Well, that's such a great that's a great way of being unattached, right? Oh yeah. So you write this might be throwaway, um, but I will likely finish 
finesse the transitions between sections so it flows at its best. And of course, every week it's a rough recording. So it's, you know, so rough, so rough. I think this topic is super relatable and I can't wait to listen to the songs that you've created this week. So, wow. I, I think that that worth, that is worth unpacking a bit. I think that this, oh, this might be a throwaway. I think I've seen that so many times that just like, here it is. I wrote it. Yeah. No attachment. And then at a later point, you can kind of come back and look at it through a lens or through the lens of the feedback that you get. How can you write a song in an hour and think you've written something that's genius? Someone guess- wrote here, you're on fire, another <laughs> banger. That's the first bit of feedback you got. Oh. And then someone wrote, I approve, Karen Jacobson. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I do love that. Um, there's so much feedback and I don't have permission to read it all, but I'm sure grabbing those things is not you know, that is okay. That is okay. I'm not needing their approval. (laughs) No, you do not need their approval. So I'd love to hear this song. Will you play it for us, please? Oh, yeah. It will be my pleasure. Here she is, Karen Jacobson, performing her song Approval live at iHeart Songwriting Club headquarters. Not waiting for your approval. Not waiting for your approval In the court of public opinion The turn of phrase you are twisting To fulfill your agenda It's not okay, it's not okay, it's not okay, it's not okay Each and every feeling Brings me closer to healing I focus in on the beat of my heart The river sit so still while you look the other way for the coast is clear and the moon is full not waiting for your approval not waiting for your approval it's been a test of endurance it almost got the better of me once I held on tight to my mantra I'll be okay, I'll be okay, I'll be okay, I'll be okay Keep trying harder to let go Possessed, obsessed with the FOMO It's a wonder I could focus in on the beat of my heart The rhythm, and it's different now I can sit so still while you look the other
I just had the most ex- amazing experience in my headphones. I was listening to you fully embrace the piano here at iHeart Songwriting Club headquarters. The whole depth and range of the piano with your piano motifs, your beautiful piano motifs, and the fullness with which you play. Not There's no um, hesitancy to play. You're fully there and your voice has the depths, the colour, the lightness. It was just, it was a glorious experience in my headphones and I I would highly recommend you replay that <laughs> and listen through really great headphones. That was just stunning and such a consummate professional. You, I hate saying it, but you nailed it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> nice to nail it. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like these messages, they're just so powerful. Like, There's so much power in what you're saying, but not only what you're saying, how you're saying it. The way that your body embraces the instrument and the words with which you sing around, you know, like all of this is all about being fully there. And like, can you speak to that? And, you know, being a woman, we've talked about being a 52-year-old woman, being a part of this industry, you've got something to say. I do have something to say and I finally have given myself permission to say it and to say it my way and to run my own race. I love that that phrase, Kerry Bedell, who I studied with in uh, when I lived in Sydney, an amazing Australian singer, she used to say to me, run your own race, run your own race. There's, there's just no point. Stop looking around at everybody else and run your own race. And it took me a long time to do it <laughs> but ultimately – that's that's all there is. Really the only person we have to reconcile ourselves with is ourselves. You know, when you're putting your head on the pillow at night, have you done are you are you good with yourself? Yeah. And how are you feeling about that? I'm feeling pretty good about that. <laughs> I mean, I am behind this week in my songwriting club, but I will I will catch up. Does that slightly put pressure on you at all? Uh like we we already discussed, I just it's there's an indicator that something's off that mm. I didn't make time for that. Yeah, yeah. But um, but you got time for it now. I do have time coming up for it now, and I I've I have had a lot on, and it's it's a bit of a a crunch time, mm. and it's okay. It I, is. I will maybe I'll write two songs in one afternoon again. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I won't. But but I I am 100 percent going to catch up. And but it's, it doesn't mean that you stop songwriting because it got too much, right? No. <laughs> No, it doesn't. And, you know, we've talked about age a bit and, you know, I I think it's worth saying that we are in a a world and a society that there's a, so much glamorizing of youth and and pushing of youth and maybe that's because we there's a, a human desire to be young and to to stay young. But there's so much uh, beauty in the human experience, the full human aging experience. There's so many gifts about being older, and the knowledge we have. And oh gosh, I just I wouldn't go back for anything. I really wouldn't. But I I I am interested in hearing what a 15 year old songwriter or a 22 year old songwriter might have to say. But I am really also very very interested, and I don't think I'm the only one in hearing what. Writers and artists in their 50s and 60s and 70s and beyond have to say. And I think that we are at an important time and an interesting time where I just think there's so much room to open that right up. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to hear from a 90-year-old songwriter. Yeah. What would they be singing about? Exactly. I mean, the amount of 
wisdom, experiences lived. I don't know, I just feel like there's there's so much room to learn through the lens of others. Yeah. Mm. That's beautiful food for thought. Want to hear from some 90-year-old songwriters, please? Let's find them. Let's find them. (laughs) Thank you again so much, Karen Jacobson. What a joy and an honour and a privilege. Truly, your club has changed my life. So (laughs) thanks for inviting me to be on the podcast. Where can we continue to hear your amazing music? (gasps) You can come to karenjacobsonsen.com. S-E-N. (laughs) Karenjacobsen.com and listen and watch... um, my music videos with beautiful scenes right now in the Whit Sundays in Queensland, Australia, in paradise. Um, and there are a lot of those videos on YouTube, but uh, the website is the place to go. A oh, wonderful. Please go over there and listen and follow Karen Jacobson, S E N. Thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure to spend this time with you. To help others connect with the magic of songwriting, we'd love it if you'd take a moment to rate or review our podcast or share it with anyone you think would benefit from it. And if you want to find your community of songwriters, visit us at iheartsongwritingclub.com and let us help you reconnect with the magic of songwriting. Mm